Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Welcome, 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 citizens. Welcome to all war fighters, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, Sheepdogs, Uniformed, and Clandestine Services standing on the line for us. Thank you. Hello to your United States Marines deployed with, from the Tidewater, Virginia area, and hello to the Army Rangers and Ranger instructors listening today all over the world. The Rangers lead the way. Hello to all the United States Navy SEALs listening to me around the world. I thank you for your letters, your emails, and your uh, encouragement is amazing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all of you, to all the services. Thank you so much for serving. While I'm at this microphone, I will not allow our country to forget about you or your fallen brothers. Welcome, Gold Star families. You are the fraternity nobody wants to join, and I want you to know we treasure you, and I stand with you. Our show, The Collision of Faith and Politics, we stand with you. America, there there are people in your own town who have given their children, their spouses, their parents in these wars we're fighting right now. Pray for them. Look for opportunities to serve with them and to serve them. These Gold Star families, the real heroes Parents, relatives, real heroes. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's one thing I know. The real heroes, they're they're in your hometown. Their families are carrying out the tradition of heroism and love of country. I want to give a special shout-out to the great Gold Star families across the United States and volunteers at the Michael Strange Foundation. Just finished a very successful workshop out in Longmont, Colorado. Also, America's Mighty Warriors, Debbie Lee, 
great work you're doing there. And Operation 300, uh, Karen and Billy Vaughn, thank you for all you're doing. Charlie and Marianne Strange, the Hill Group, Sean and Angie, you guys are all patriots. You put the U in USA. Thank you for taking up the fight. Hey, there's one thing I forget to do every single week, and I get yelled at every single week, and that is this. Hey, Happy Warriors, this is a Ninja Pastor here. Please, this is very important. If you could, follow and subscribe this show. You know what? My statistics for this show don't count unless you are a subscriber or a follower. Uh, what you do is you go to blogtalkradio.com backslash the Ninja Pastor. And if you use Twitter and Facebook, follow us at the Ninja Pastor. And on Facebook, click on sign up just under my photograph under www.facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Subscribers, you get notifications first of all of our shows anywhere we're appearing, and it's all free. Nobody steals your information. Again, if you could click on follow and subscribe here at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash The Ninja Pastor. If you're on Twitter and Facebook, follow me at The Ninja Pastor. Go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Click follow and sign up. Thanks a bunch. Man, I really appreciate it. Way to go, happy warriors. Love that. Love that. Hey, PC censorship. I, I recently finished rereading the book 1984 by George Orwell. Uh, you guys had to read it, I'm sure, be, through uh, high school. Pretty sure, almost everybody. I think that was a pretty pretty common, uh, very 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 common thing to read. That I think a lot of times seniors had to read it. Uh, I think it's a great great book. Um, I don't remember it as clearly as I would like to, but then again, I bumped my head on a car going 92 miles per hour. So, but it's worth a reread if you haven't perused that since high school. It's interesting because we are there. We're we're there in the place where whoever controls history and media controls reality. You know, it's the main theme of the book. It's referring to the total institutional control of all media and language itself as a means of psychological manipulation and control. You know, the newspapers, books, history, heck, even uh, fiction, TV, video, they're constantly being changed in this book, constantly being changed, updated to create a false reality. The one day, and that's the it, the it, it's the government, the party, the reality that they say is true. And and you know what? When it's done with consistency, it does become true. That's what you see all the time. That's that's the reality you end up realizing, believing. You ultimately can't prove or remember what is or what isn't true. Reality ends up being what they say, they, the it. Why do I bring that up? Some people are curious. I'm getting messages now like, okay, how come you're talking about that? Well, the reason I'm talking about that is because it's very, very important uh, to be upfront with my audience. And I bring this up in light of uh, Senior Chief, United States Navy SEAL, retired Tom Shea, author of the book Unbreakable. Uh, he declined to appear on my show. Uh, Mrs. Shea uh, graciously informed me, and Stacy Shea, uh, great patriot, uh, informed me after agreeing to be a guest that Little Brown uh, – Senior Chief Shea's publisher. He's now retired as a Navy SEAL. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Some folks are telling me they're having trouble getting into the show. Um, I don't think so. I don't think there's any problems. 
We'll see there. Give her another try. Give her another run at it. So far, it looks like everything on the board is clicking along. So I'm I'm hoping that there's no problem, but let me know if there is. Uh, all that said to say this, uh, Mrs. Shea, Stacey Shea, great patriot, uh, keeper of the republic, mutually mutually pledged. She graciously informed me, uh, you know, we, we had talked about them being guests on the show for some time. But Little Brown, uh, that's his publisher, they are uncomfortable. The publisher is uncomfortable with the politics and religion mix of my show as a venue for promoting the book. Hey, you know what? Maybe that's true. Maybe maybe that is the issue. I'm not going to call him a liar, certainly not a, a vaunted Navy SEAL, Silver Star winner, and many, many other medals. Um, I believe him, and I believe her. Uh, and maybe that's what's driving it. You know, Christianity no longer in vogue, you know. It's not cool anymore. You know, I don't care that it's not cool, but hey, you know, who am I? I'm a little guy. You know, about 400,000, 420,000 listeners. I'm no Hannity. I'm no I'm no uh, Glenn Beck. I'm no, I'm certainly no Rush. But uh, the Little Brown, the, the, uh, the publisher, they said, look, we're not comfortable with that mix of politics and religion, maybe uh, politically incorrect. Eh. You know, and if it is that true, you know, if it's that, Christianity it's no longer in vogue, hey, we don't want to be with that team. This is why really honest people, truly honest people, authors and, and books and stuff that uh, people want to address their faith so necessary, that's why they're so necessary. That's why the authors need to stand behind and beside those that are writing those kind of books and doing those things. Anyway, I've caller already. Let me just see who you are. Hey, this is Sean. How What's you your doing? name? What do you say, brother? How you doing? Good, good, good. Who do we have here? I'm just calling, I'm, I'm just, I'm just calling for a radio check because I couldn't load you on my phone. So I should have texted you. Oh, well. <laughs> hey, well, we're working. I know who this is. This is Wesley Gabby. Well, thanks for joining us, man. I hope you get it all worked out. It's going to be a heck of a show. Tell your friends. All right, sir. I'm in touch with my audience. For some reason, I'm getting a lot of messages, people saying they're not yet picking up the show. I'm not sure what's up. Try try again. I'll log out and click back on. I'm not sure what's happening. Um, I have some people that are saying, yep, loud and clear, and then others that are saying, no, we have trouble. Uh, we'll see here. There's a lot of people in chat. All hear me. If if you're in chat, please respond. Let me know. I just want to make sure we're on this system here. It's always worked pretty well, but hey, you know what? Sometimes you have glitches, and I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to listen. So anyway, um, listen, we all need to stand beside and, and behind each other that are writing books of truth. And look, promoting this book, uh, Unbreakable, it, it People, some the people who have bought it and read it uh, are telling me. Um, they they're saying to me, "Hey, you know what? There's some foul language in there. There's some sexual stuff in there." I'm going to tell you this: it's not for little kids. I think I remember uh, last week saying that you know, uh, look, this book is for for high school age or older. This is definitely not. You know, uh, th this is not for little kids. I think um, I was a, not shocked, but I was a little surprised um, when I read some of the stuff. And, and some of the stuff doesn't align 
with my faith. You know, we disagree on some things, but you know what? I, I'm not one of these people that says, look, I got to agree with everything. It's just like with, uh, yeah, let's see here. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, broadcast and prepping, waiting for host to call in. I'm not sure. It shows that I'm in. Let's see here. I don't know. Some folks are hearing me. Uh, I'm not sure. Something something weird going on with the system today, and I apologize for that. Uh, clearly, I believe that is on the Blog Talk Radio end of things, and we'll try to get it uh, fixed up for you. Um, awesome. Awesome. I'm in and I'm on, according to the great Andrea Shea King. Love that lady. She's awesome. She's going to be a guest on my show again. She doesn't know it, but she will be. She's fiery. Fiery patriot. Love it. And a lovely lady. Um, I'm getting more calls on that. So, well, you know, I think maybe log out. If people are, if you're having trouble, log out and then log back in. I think I think that'll fix you up. Uh, but, you know, if you promote a book that includes military and Christianity and faith and things like that, if you only promote that book to PC liberals, it's that's uh it's counterproductive, folks. They're unlikely. Look, they're not going to be persuaded. You know, it's like when we depend on CNN to tell us who we should run for president on the conservative side. No offense, but it's also like Fox telling us. I don't trust them any more than I trust CNN, frankly. Maybe a little more. Look, you know what you're getting with CNN and MSNBC. You're not always sure of what you're getting. Some great people over at Fox. I'm good friends with lots of them. But I have to say, uh, sometimes I hear things that I'm not terribly happy with. But look, here's what's going to happen. You promote your book only to the PC liberals. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be counterproductive. Because they're not going to be persuaded, and you're going to offend your base. You're going to offend your core, your core listener, your core reader. I don't know. You know, I wrote a book that's a very specific book. I always tell people, I always tell people this. Um, this book is either my my book is Excellence Kill the Church: How Mediocrity is Destroying America. It is either for you, or is it about you? So I know who my audience is. And, and look, here's the lesson. Here's a lesson here. With all due respect, and I and I want to be clear here. I don't want to be at all ambiguous or vague. I have a mountain of respect for Senior Chief Shea. Senior Chief Seal Tom Shea, obviously uh, a deserving war hero, highly decorated. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for his extraordinary Spartan and, um, quite frankly, great patriot wife, Stacy. You get to know her as well as Senior Chief in, the, in the, his book when you read through it. They're they're extraordinary people. You may not agree with everything. I didn't agree with everything. But you, you have to accept the fact that they are absolutely extraordinary. I'm sorry about that. I'm getting a ton of messages. My phone is blowing up and my message box is blowing up. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. It's a, it's a problem with Blog Talk Radio, but we'll try to get it resolved. Here's the thing, Mr. and Mrs. Shea, because you know you're you'll always be senior chief to me. I'm a Navy guy. 
but Senior Chief Shea and and Stacy Shea, uh, I I would encourage you. Far be it for me. Hey, you know, I'm a little guy. I have a tiny little reach. But I would encourage you to be as brave as you've always been and choose your own media outlets with your conscience, not Little Brown's intimidation. Look, you know, I'm going to be straight up with you because I always am. I'm not sure this is all about Little Brown. And this really brings up some, some themes that I've touched on before about conservatives, Republicans, dividing ourselves in ways that liberals don't. Ways that hurt us. And our ability to effectively fight the decline of society and our effectiveness. Yes, Mr. Shea, personally and militarily. Now that you're honorably retired from the United States Navy, the fight for your own beliefs becomes even more important. As now your your ideology doesn't, it no longer flows through the filter of your role as a quiet professional. It doesn't flow through the United States Navy and Department of Defense filters. Here's the deal, listeners. If you're joining me a little bit late, by the way, we're having some sort of difficulty with um, Blog Talk Radio. I'm not sure what the dealio is, but uh, something's going on there. I don't know. Um, I have a lot of people telling me they can't get in. Log out and try again and try again. I don't know. Well, what are you going to do? I had to call them. Lodge a complaint. But see, Senior Chief Seal Shea and Stacy, I have to tell you, you know, you no longer because you know what the wives have to watch what they say too. And when you're when you're in a a role as spouse, especially of a tier one special operator, you know, you have to be very careful too. But now the stuff doesn't flow through your your ideology, your how you express yourself. It doesn't flow through the Navy anymore. Obviously, you can't divulge classified missions, things like that. And you never would. Here's the deal, listeners. I always do, I try to shoot as straight with you as I can. Tom Shea, retired United States Navy SEAL and author of the book Unbreakable, and his Spartan wife, Stacy, they were confirmed to be on the show. But minutes before our pre production interview on Friday morning, I received some text messages from Stacy informing me that uh, they are now represented by Little Brown, and Little Brown told a Silver Star war hero that he could not appear on the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show. Now, I also want to say Stacy was very, very clear uh, on keep trying. I wish I had sort of a banner. Log out and in. That seems to be working. Stacy, she was very gracious. You know, she was very, very gracious. She said, "Look, it's not anything about you personally or professionally. Said, We're very disappointed, but you know, they tell us Little Brown tells us they're uncomfortable with them coming on my show because of a, polix, uh, a mix of political correctness, the political correctness issue, and a mix of politics and religion. So I'm not politically correct, and I talk about politics and religion. This is this is the collision of faith and politics, folks." Needless to say, I was surprised. I was really surprised that a very highly decorated, and this guy is, you know, his record is impeccable, very highly decorated and globally respected, retired United States Navy SEAL, lots of combat missions, 
that he would allow himself to be censored in front of an audience that is clearly in his wheelhouse. Folks, you're his wheelhouse. Conservative patriots. That's you. Conservative patriots. That's us. That's that's who we are. Now, Stacy, she graciously offered to come on the show by herself. She said, look, I, you know, would it help if I came on? Because, you know, I expressed to her, I said, man, it makes me look like the boy who cried wolf. You know, makes me uh, makes makes me sound like oh I've got uh, what is that guy's name the guy who Brian Williams you know Brian Williams you know I w- we were attacked and then you know I tell you there's going to be some great great guest on and then the great guest never comes on oh well this happened you know they, you know I was worried about that with Eric Stackelbeck by the way how many of you listened to the interview with Eric Stackelbeck awesome right. He's going to be back on. We really enjoyed having him here. He enjoyed being on. We're going to have him back on probably for a little bit longer block. We'll do some Q&A. But Stacy offered to come on, and I have no doubt. Look, you know, I've met her. I've spent some time with her. I don't have a single doubt that she would be incredibly engaging. She'd be a really interesting guest. But look, I, I have a personal policy here that I don't have guests on that do not feel free to totally speak their mind. That's, look, that's why I'm on internet radio. You understand that, right? And if Little Brown can successfully censor a war hero, I don't think they'd have much trouble censoring his civilian, though Spartan, patriot wife. I, don't, I just don't think so. I just don't know. I just, you know, I don't want to have anybody on that isn't going to, you know, I'm just not a PC guy. I don't let, you know, I'm respectful to people, but I don't see any purpose in it. I don't see any purpose in it. If you can't say what you really think, what you really feel, eh, people, people, look, you can get that anywhere. That anywhere. You can, you can turn on any news. You can. And you can get that. You can uh you, you can turn on any any television show, you can turn on a lot of radio shows. My friend Andrea Shaking, let me tell you something. If you if you want to hear the raw and the real Turn her show on. Elizabeth Letchworth, she, both of them have been on this show. Uh, you you want to hear, I'm not sure how to pronounce her new last name, Christ or Christ, I'm not sure which. But um, you want to hear the truth, unvarnished, what she believes, she's not censoring it. Andrea, Elizabeth, my great buddy Dave Perkins, you know him from The Blaze. On his show, he says it like he believes it. Look, I always want my audience to hear the unvarnished truth from this microphone. And I don't want to endorse censorship in any way. And I don't want to have a publishing or publicity company censoring me at all by proxy even. The sad sad fact is this. Little Brown, they made a big mistake. Because you know what? Here's something funny. Eric Stackelbeck sold lots of books during my show. 
and he's eager to come back on. Because you know what? When somebody comes on, they sell lots of books. Guess what? They want to come back on. If they have they have fun on the show. They said, "Man, I I was able to say what I needed to say." You weren't driving an agenda. It's clear you read the book. It's clear you're knowledgeable on the topic. I'd like to come back on. I know, by the way, we sold some books. Look, Eric Stackelbeck clearly is already an extremely successful author, a bunch of best-selling books. He's a huge celebrity, and he's with Regnery. I think that's how you pronounce that. It looks like Regnery, but I think they pronounce it Regnery, publishing. And Rainery, when I talked to their publicist, they had no limitations for Eric. They said, let her rip. And I think you'll agree. The show was informative and beneficial. If you haven't heard the show, downloads are free. It's interesting to me, having read the book Unbreakable, that the tenants espoused in Senior Chief Seal, Tom Shea's book, are incongruent with his actions here. And look, you know, I wish... The senior chief, and I wish his wife, Stacy all the best. I want them to sell a gazillion, a gazillion books because there's value in that. There, there's value in their book. I, I Look, I don't agree with everything. I really don't. I don't agree with everything in their book. What do you want from me? <laughs> I don't agree. Why would I lie about it? If I don't agree, I don't agree. Hey, we're going to go commercial. We'll see if we can get this fixed up, and uh, we'll be right back to you. Hey, happy warriors. This is the Ninja Pastor here. Listen, keepers of the republic, people who care about the future of this country, if that's you, and you're not the you that just wants to talk about it, just do Facebook posts, just do Twitter, but, I mean, you really want to do something. You really want to make a difference. You're called a keeper of the republic. Our founders clearly detailed that we, the people, would keep our republic if we participated in our own governance. Self-governance, let me tell you what, requires education, participation, sacrifice, and determination in the belief that you can make a difference. Look, you've got to do something, but what is something? As I said, Facebook posts, they won't save the republic. Neither will rallies or voter drives. It goes way deeper. And if you truly want to do something of value that is also effective, the question is, are you willing? Listen, you can go to centerforselfgovernance.com or you can go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. There's a link there uh, for the Center of Self-Governance. All you do is click there. While you're there at facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, click on like and sign up. And you'll have all these links uh, immediately available to you. Super, super easy. And I can help arrange courses for you in the Northeast and elsewhere. you got to do it. You say, i got to do something. I want to do something. This is the something. This is the something really big. This is the secret sauce. you got to ask yourself some tough questions. Do you really have what it takes? Do you really have what it takes to help save this country? Do you really want to save the country? Have you given up already? Then here's the really, really tough question. Am I worth the blood and treasure already sacrificed for liberty and freedom? Am I worth the acres of crosses in Arlington, Virginia, and towns across America? Soldiers who gave everything, committed everything to our freedom. How do you do it? Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, and then click on the link to this, Center for Self-Governance. It'll be right there. You want to do something? This is your something. Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome. Don't you love his voice? It's amazing. I would just be leaving people's voice messages all the time. Awesome, awesome voice. Awesome guy, too. Really super nice guy. Great supporter of the show. All right, so on today's show, I'm teaching you how to survive social unrest. Riots, looters, marauders, mayhem. Not the cool mayhem on the, uh, on the insurance company commercials on television, but mayhem, mayhem. Mayhem that changes your life. You know what I'm saying? The real deal. The real mayhem. By the way, there's a call-in number if you have a clean point to make. 646-595-4641. That's 646-595-4641. This is part two of a series I'm doing. Avoiding and surviving social unrest. Riots, looters, marauders, mayhem. By the way, I, I probably should welcome you to the show. Welcome to the Collision of Faith and Politics, folks. This is the fastest two hours in radio. Again, that call-in number is 646-595-4641. Here's the scenario. You just get home from work. You know, after a long day of working for the man, and you notice, just as you're about ready to put your dinner on because you're hungry, riders are marching down your street towards your home and your family. And right now, you can look out your windows, and you look down your street, you can see that they're burning. They're burning buildings. They're burning cars. They're robbing. They're stealing everything your neighbors have ever worked for. They're beating and killing your neighbors. They're raping your neighbors' wives and daughters. They're setting their homes on fire. They're stealing their cars. They're on their way to your house to do their very worst to your family. (laughs) They're on your way to your house to take all your worldly possessions, anything they want, and they're going to trash everything else. And you know what you've done? You've called 911 multiple times, but they're not answering. Yeah, 911, not answering. Have Have you ever... Called 911, and it just rings, and it rings, and it rings. By the way, I'm working with the service right now, and they're trying to get this fixed. They're not sure what's going on either. But you call 911, and, and they're not answering. You, you look, we've been conditioned by the liberals. Let the first responders do it. Let the, Let the first responders do their thing. You just hunker down. What do they call it? Shelter in place. (laughs) Shelter in place. I love that. Shelter in place. I hate that, by the way. All right, let's see here. Uh, Refresh the page. If you can't log into the account, uh, well, let's just do... Look... Blog Talk Radio, no offense, but people aren't going to be emailing you at support at blogtalkradio.com so they can assist them one by one. All right. We'll be done with this. Um, I appreciate your help, Blog Talk Radio, but that ain't working for me. Excellence clearly is not happening today. 
So they're on your way. They're on their way to your house. You haven't. You've not even seen a police car in hours. Your television is still on. It's still working. But all you see is the news squawking about demonstrators, and you hear all the protesters being upset about institutional racism, and you hear chants of "No justice, no peace, no justice, no peace." bunch of people are telling me they can't get me. Boy, that's aggravating me. I don't know what to tell. I don't know what to tell you. I've got a bunch of people listening I can see here, but uh, some folks are having some trouble. But you look at Baltimore over the past month or so, and and look at the deadly. I mean, you're talking 40, 40, uh, 40 people killed. You look at Baltimore. The, it's obvious the police are outnumbered. They're outflanked. As much as this is difficult for you to accept, you've got to accept it. The police officers have families, too. They have limitations, too. They want to protect their families. You know what? They can't protect your family. They can't protect their own family. Why? Because the police have been handcuffed by a society that's pro-criminal and anti-police. What do you do? What do you do? Better yet, how about this? Here's here's a scenario. Here's a little scenario for you. You become aware of a police arrest. You just happen to be watching the news, or maybe you have a news feed. And you know in other places in the country that a police arrest... Uh, all right, let's see here. The reason I asked that is because the show was playing and showed correctly. How many people have complained... Uh, many, many people. All right. See that? We told you we would be working on this. I'm juggling. You become aware of a police arrest, you know. Uh, maybe it's some other place in the country. Maybe you don't live somewhere where you think that thing, kind of thing can happen. But you know that a police arrest of that type led to social unrest, protests, demonstrations, riots, all that. Why did I say riots last, by the way? Isn't that the first thing to be wary of? Nope. Where do riots start? How do riots start? I'm going to answer that question. Aren't riots the first thing to be wary of? Where do they originate? How do riots originate? How do they start? The answer isn't simply that riots start uh, in a part of the city or town you live in. Let me help you out here. Where do riots? How do riots? At what point do riots start? At what point are you and your family in danger? Riots start with seemingly benign unrest, protests, demonstrations, no matter how peaceful. Riots start, folks, with gatherings of people. When there are a bunch of people that gather together, unless you're going to a, a, a Glenn Beck thing, because apparently you know, millions of people at Glenn Beck things, we don't leave a drop of trash, we don't leave you know, conservative things. When we go to a Madison Rising concert, we go to a, a, a Concerned Veterans for America thing, not a drop of trash is left behind and people behave appropriately. But apparently some things, they become riots. Gatherings of people happen. Hey, let's take a call. Speaking of Andrea Shea King, we have her on the line. Hey. <laughs> Hello, Hi, Andrea dear. Shea King. Hi, Sean. Hey, listen, I'm listening to the program. You're actually coming in loud and clear, so I'm not sure what the problem is that some folks are having, but Blog Talk Radio has a lot of bugs, and I can't tell you how many shows I've done where I've had to juggle, just like you, 
it, it gets exasperating sometimes, but you got to go with it. You know, it's still a relatively new technology, and uh, with all of the shows they handle, I don't know how they manage it, quite frankly. I don't know either. I just, it's amazing. I just, First struggle I've had. Well, well, good. That's good. I, I just pray when I have a, a guest on that, you know, it doesn't all go to hell in a handbasket because that's embarrassing. You can handle it when you're just doing your own thing and, you know, you're talking and your listeners are mostly friends, not people who are tuning in to hear your guests because they've never heard them before. Um, but anyway, and, and I think they're more forgiving, you know, the folks who are your regular listeners. So, but you're handling it. You're juggling. I can see you. You got all those balls in the air. You're doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, the go ahead, go ahead. I, I you wanted, wanted to talk about the Sahara uh, incident on United Airlines. Yeah. Yes, I did. But before that, I want to say congratulations on your new website, Dr. Sean Greener. Very, very nice. Oh, thank oh, you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, Kim, yeah. Kim I Paul, mean, really great nice job. Yeah, really nice. Okay, so so talking about this United Airlines thing, I I saw this in the Guardian dot com, which is a very leftist newspaper, anyhow, and they just love writing about anything having to do with um, oh, you know, injustices to minority groups, especially if they're Muslim. And uh, so uh, anyway, I, I'm reading this. <laughs> Tahira Ahmad. This is. Can I read this? What her yeah. What her email? Oh, okay. Okay. So she. So she. Um, Facebooks while she's on the United Airlines flight. She says, "I'm sitting on a United Airlines flight in the air, three thirty thousand feet above, and I am in tears of humiliation from discrimination." The flight attendant asked me what I would like to drink, and I requested a can of Diet Coke. She brought me a can that was open. So I requested an unopened can due to hygienic reasons. She said no one has consumed from the drink, but I requested an unopened can. She responded, well, I'm sorry. I just can't give you an unopened can, so no Diet Coke for you. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is like, really, this really happened. So then she says, then, so then the flight attendant brought the man sitting next to me a can of unopened beer. So I asked her again why she refused to give me an unopened can of Diet Coke. And she said, we are unauthorized to give unopened cans to people because they may use it as a weapon, she's got that in capital letters, weapon on the plane. So I told her that she was clearly discriminating against me because she gave the man next to me an unopened can of beer. She looked at his can, quickly grabbed it and opened it and said, it's so you don't use it as a weapon. Appalled at her behavior, and by the way, she spelled appalled with an H, so I guess you pronounce it appalled by her yeah. behavior. I asked people around me if they witnessed this discriminatory and disgusting behavior, and the man sitting across an aisle from me yelled out to me, you Muslim, you need to shut the F up. I said, what? He leaned over. He then leaned over from his seat, looked me straight in the eyes, and said, yes. You know he would use it as a weapon, so shut the F up. I felt the hate in his voice and his raging eyes. I can't help but cry on this plane because I thought people would defend me and say something. Some people just shook their heads in dismay. Well, <laughs> I read this, and then I happened to come across a tweet from, I, I can't remember who it was, if it was Big Fur Hat or one of the folks that, that does a lot of Photoshop parodies, political parodies. 
Mm-hmm. And what he did was he took the photograph of the planes exploding into the World Trade Center and essentially saying, yeah, and, and we feel bad for you, right, mm-hmm. right, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, what do you make of this? Well, let me tell you what I did. I got on the phone with uh, United Airlines, and I asked them, because I know they have, a, they have to keep a record. Um, they, they have to keep a record of anything like this that happens. And I have uh, several friends of mine who are uh, career, uh, not flight attendants. What do they call them now? Yeah, flight attendants. Yeah, flight attendants. Uh, flight attendants. And, and, and one of them happens to be with United Airlines. So... They gave me the number to the public affairs office of United Airlines. I called United Airlines public affairs office, and I asked them, I said, you know, I'm seeing a lot of this out there, and I read them the thing. They said, yeah, we've heard about it. Um, I said, did this happen? They said, if it happened on one of our planes, we don't know about it. And I said, is that normal? They said, absolutely not. As soon as something like this happens, there's immediate, immediate communication about it. It's always a big deal. Um, Yeah, I would imagine. And and so I said, so you're telling me it didn't happen. And she said, if it happened, then it must have happened either in this person's own mind or, you know, our people haven't reported it to us. And we certainly don't think that's the case because they are drilled on this over and over and over. So, But it's interesting because the Blaze actually carried it. uh, Yeah. But I guess well, not everybody's going to call and say, hey, is this true? And, well, that's true. Yeah, you're right. But according to the Guardian story, um, United, th- this was the alleged incident happened with Shuttle America, which is United's regional partner that operated the flight. And according to the article in the Guardian, it said that United Airlines spokesman Charles Holbart told the Guardian that the airline was attempting to contact uh, this woman in order to, quote, get a better understanding of what occurred during the flight, close quote, Hobart also said United was discussing the alleged incident with Shuttle America, United's regional partner that operated the flight. Republic Airways, which owns Shuttle America, did not respond to a request for comment on its beverage policy. Mm. (laughs) Now, the the FAA, according to this, uh, forbids carrying, carrying on unopened, alcoholic beverages, but does not appear to have a specific unopened can regulation. Now, she's telling the Chicago Sun-Times that she got an apology from the flight attendant, okay? I don't know. I mean, this this whole thing is but, – but I thought it was interesting on Twitter because people are starting this, um, this hashtag, um, United for Tahara. <laughs> yeah. And, and the and – the, <laughs> the picture that you know that I was referring to on the um, uh, that I think Big Fur Hat did it. Like I said, is like I said, the planes going into the towers. The towers are exploding in balls of flame and smoke. And the caption on it is, "How did we go from this to being afraid of offending Muslims?" Yeah, good question. Good it's question. absolutely true. And, and I'll tell you what. Um, like for instance, in today's show, I'm I'm talking about. Um, equipping people to deal with the mob that's coming down the street. The Baltimore situation, you know, I I hear a lot about the people in these communities, especially this one district where 38 of the 40 murders occurred in that district, Freddie Gray's district. Uh, The state attorney that brought all these charges against these police officers, her husband is the uh, councilman in charge of that district, but has been for eight years. 
the two other murders happened just outside of that district. And so we're to listen to liberals who tell us we know what to do. We know how to protect you. We know how to make you safe. We know that you know you're being you're being wronged, and so that's why you're mad. And we hear you, and we want to give you space to destroy uh, mm-hmm. all of these things. Um, but look, you know that's fine if if you want to listen to that and believe that crap, which is all mm-hmm. it is. It's just nothing but a lying mm-hmm. bunch of crap. Um, but if they're coming down your street, you sure as heck want to know what am I to do. What am I to do? And so that's what today's show we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. And let me let me also say there's a tether here between Tahera on United Airlines claiming mm-hmm. that she was she was uh abused because of her faith, air quotes. Uh first of all, I don't believe that. I don't believe it happened. They love mm-hmm. to create these little mm-hmm. false flags so there'll be indignation and people will be gentle on them, so that when they do something, the airline has developed a new policy based on their poor little feelings. And then they can be successful because the airline has lowered their lowered their uh, their, their banner there, and they've said, you know what, we, we don't want to get yelled at. We don't want to be called racist. We don't want to be mean people. Well, we don't want to be sued. We don't want to be sued. We don't want the full weight of of the Council on uh, American Islamic Relations coming down on us. But it appears that this Tahera Ahmad, uh, this isn't her first uh, rodeo. She's made yeah. complaints before about different things. And in fact, uh, the conservative treehouse um, has a, 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 a post up about it, calling her the perpetually aggrieved Muslim flyer, Tahera yeah. Ahmad. So she's she, she's one of those that is going to go out and push the limits, test the limits, push against it, and she's probably working very closely with Care or any of those other. Muslim organizations that's out there, again, pushing against our Constitution, using our Constitution against us to protect yeah. themselves and to implement Sharia law, ultimately. Yep. Civilization Jihad, that's what they're doing, is they're creating, uh, they're creating, they're recreating their own reality within the space that we live in. Uh, the governance that we have are a bunch of chickens. A lot of the... Um, a lot of the corporations, which I frankly I don't have any idea how the airlines make it to start with, but somehow they do. But they're tired of being sued. They're tired of being maligned, and so mm-hmm. they cave on some things. Well, this is easy. We can cave on this. It's not any big deal. It doesn't doesn't have that big of an impact on us overall. Well, I don't think so. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I think it weakens us. Mm-hmm. It weakens I us. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> well, listen, I have taken up enough of your time, and I'm going to continue listening to the program. I'm sure you've awesome. got a lot you want to talk about. I well, am a talkative fellow, as you well know. <laughs> thank you for taking my call. I appreciate Always, it. Always, uh, anytime. It's a pleasure. Take care. Okay, yeah. son. So here here you go, uh, the great Andrea Shea King. If you ever get a chance to read her stuff, she's on World Net Daily. She's on, she's on a bunch of places. If you Google Andrea Shea King, you'll see she's in the big leagues. She's in Breitbart and all that stuff. She's really, really good. She's right to the point, and I love that. I love that. So I'm going to teach you today step-by-step what to do, what not to do in order to protect yourself and your family. And and as I said before Andrea so graciously called in, I didn't say protect your property, and there's a reason why. Here is why protecting your property is more important than the liberal ideology of well, that's what insurance is for. 
Nothing you own is important enough to die for. That poor Michael Brown, he died. He he died for cigars, fifty dollars of cigars. No, Michael Brown died because he strong arm robbed a guy he'd robbed four times before. Uh, you know he uh, he is beating up people. He's a thug in the neighborhood. He's already got a a, a bunch of serious felony charges pending on him. And then he decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rough up a police officer. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to rough him up because they won't hurt me because I'm a big black guy. Nobody wants to shoot a black guy. Wrong answer. Then we have another black guy. His partner in crime lies, says his hands were up. Hands up, don't shoot. And that was a lie. We have a bunch of other people lying until it comes out. Obviously, it's a lie. Well, then they say, no, it doesn't matter. Here's the bottom line. The liberal ideology of, well, that's what insurance is for. Nothing you own is important enough to die for. Wrong. You know why people steal stuff? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because people let them steal stuff. There was a time, honestly, not that long ago, where, oh, you go ahead and try to steal something. And somebody is going to put a round in your cranium. They're going to ventilate your cranium for you. Or they're going to bust your head. That's what they that's what they would do. That's what I do today. Go ahead and steal something from me. Let me catch you. Everything I own is important enough to die for. It's mine. It's my family's. We worked for it. You didn't. And newsflash, insurance isn't going to pay for it. Remember I talked a couple weeks ago about smash mobs numbering in the hundreds? You remember that? Download that. That's a couple weeks ago, two weeks, three weeks ago maybe. You're at the mall or Walmart picking up milk and bread and avocados and lettuce because you're super healthy. All of a sudden you hear commotion at the front of the store coming toward you. It's eerily and tactically similar to being caught in a riot and protest. And look, they this mob that's come in, this mayhem, they have no purpose but to destroy and demean. These things happen with no warning. The mall, Walmart. Who gets injured? Who gets robbed? Everybody. Every color that isn't part of the mayhem, they pay. And so far, most of these mobs have been minorities. But let me tell you something. Uh, I, I gave some advice a couple of weeks ago after my show, and uh, someone had contacted me, and they said, look, I'm black, and I'm afraid of these communities in Baltimore. I'm afraid to go into D.C. I'm afraid to go into Wilmington, Delaware, or Philadelphia and certain neighborhoods. I'm black, and I'm afraid to go in there. I run. Nobody escapes, folks. No color. Nobody escapes unless you know what to do next. Listen, if there are hundreds, this is just a sheer numbers thing. If there are hundreds of smash mobbers, and there's 10 to 30 police officers. Let's say there's 10 to 30. It starts with one. They dispatch one. One comes. They drive up. And they have that oh heck moment. Wow, this is way worse than I thought. What what am I going to do? And they see these people rampaging. What are they going to do? You know, there's only about 10 to 30 police officers on duty at any time in most towns and cities. 
That's reality, folks. I was a police officer. I can tell you that. In a large suburban area, I can tell you, I six or 700 or 800 officers, I think, the department has now, and 10 to 30 police officers on duty at any given time. And in most towns and cities, it's less than that. And most of these officers are not on the road with nothing to do. They're not just sitting around waiting for that great 911 call. They're busy doing what they do. The police, here's something real. Here's something real. And the black officers and black security officers and black police officers, they'll tell you the same thing. They don't want to mess, whether they're black or white, they don't want to mess with black people. They don't want to end up arresting the victims because they – but they end up doing that because they just have to start locking people up, and then nothing gets sorted out. Most police officers, if they're honest, they say, look, I, I don't want to have an encounter with black people because, God forbid, I have to shoot them immediately or rough them up, intentionally or otherwise. They dread violent encounters. I, I could, if I could tell you how many police officers I have contacted me on a regular basis, and they say, Doc, I'm telling you, it's some scurry business. It's some scurry business out there because now when we go into these neighborhoods, no matter what we do, we're just driving in, answering their call, and we get rocked and bottled. Everybody's got their phone out. Everybody's chanting stuff. They don't even know why we're there. But most police officers, no matter what color they are, black or white, they dread violent encounters with black people in these neighborhoods. Deadly force? Oh, man. Even if it's plainly justified. Because you know what happens? All hell gets unleashed on these officers, no matter how righteous their actions are. The guy in Ferguson, he was 100% right. He was 100% right to do what he did. In fact, maybe he was, he was a little soft on it. He waited too long. He doesn't have a job. He's out of a job. He's lost his home. He's in hiding. Let me say this. I, I did mention something earlier about mall security officers, and I mean no offense to them. I, I don't demean what they do. I think there's a, a value to what they do. But, folks, they have virtually no training. They have no gun. I don't even think they have a radio at all. You know, there's a movie that Paul Blart. I love that guy. Kevin James. Funny. So funny. And he does kind of poke fun at the mall police, but you know what they do? They, there is there is a purpose in that. Their eyes and ears. I don't think there's a value in them being uniformed, to tell you the truth. It's totally separate. doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about. Well, I guess maybe it does. I don't think there's a value in them being uniformed because, quite honestly, unless you have a gun, unless you can really make something happen, oof, I don't think so. I think you just kind of dress inconspicuously and have a radio and a little uh little little thumb mic and little earpiece and 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 you report stuff and if the police need to be called the police come but you know what speaking of police you know uh, all these security officers have is a radio and what do they do they call a dark office with cameras a bunch of cameras everywhere and a phone they use okay call the police we're going to get them out here and those police are at any point in time at least 10 minutes away and what do they do? Initially, they come one by one until one of the responding officers deem this to be, look, man, the the feces is about to hit the circular wind device set on high facing me. 
we need to get a whole bunch of folks out here. And by the time that happens, guess what happens? How many, how many deadly minutes have to pass before the larger, better-equipped police force arrives? And what do you think they're going to do when they arrive at your mall, at your Walmart? They're going to establish a perimeter. Nobody goes in. Nobody comes out. My point is that my advice for protecting oneself is far more reaching and it applies more directly than just for an official riot. You might be in a situation that you don't realize what's coming. You don't see it coming. Uh, There's not some big news thing. It may be just a, a, a smash mob. Who knows? Hey, listen. Listen to this commercial. We'll be right back. We will be back with Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages. Hey, listeners, let me tell you something really quick. Listen, if you own a gun, not even if you carry a gun, not even if you have a concealed carry permit, but if you own a gun, you need to listen up. You need to get a pen, you need to get paper, something. You need to click into your notes and your smartphone and, and take this number down. First of all, the first number is 20630. Don't worry, I'll repeat it. 20630. Listen, you have the right to defend yourself and your loved ones and your home. All of that stuff is true. You know it is. But the moment you pull the trigger or pull your gun, you are at risk for devastating legal and financial consequences. You know, you can be arrested. You can be jailed. You can be sued. You can be fired. You can be bankrupted. Even when you've legally and justifiably used a gun in self-defense. Listen, you don't have to let this happen to you. Just call Second Call Defense. That number you want is 20630. Listen, it's going to get you a whole month free. 20630. I'll give you the number in a second. You're going to enjoy, listen, when you become a member, you're going to enjoy peace of mind of having immediate and comprehensive legal and financial protection at your fingertips the moment you pull your gun, the moment you pull the trigger, no matter where you are in the United States. You just make two calls. Your first call should always be to 911 to request an ambulance and law enforcement. And listen, we'll tell you exactly what to do, what to say, how to say it. Your second call should be to second call defense. Listen, we've got your back. It's complete legal protection for armed self-defense, and it is fully endorsed by the NRA. It's fully backed by the NRA insurance program. Folks, you've got to have this coverage. I have the Cadillac protection, which is the ultimate coverage, and I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. People say, well, I've got homeowner's coverage. That'll protect me. I've got an umbrella policy, civil liability policy. No, no, it won't. In fact, it's specifically excluded. You say, well, I'll get a public, a public defender. They'll keep me out of jail. No, they won't. First of all, usually public defenders are from liberal colleges and liberal law schools. They hate guns. They hate people that carry guns. And they're, they don't understand uh, lethal force to start with. They're overworked. They're underpaid. Is that what you want to bet your freedom on? Is that what you want to bet your financial future on? That? Are you kidding me? 877-502-3300, secondcalldefense.org. You want to give them this number, 20630. That's a Ninja Pastor's number. You give them that, they're going to give you a free month. Go to God and Country Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Uh, there's a place where you can sign up. You, you know, Sign up by the means of putting in your information for the show uh, to follow the show. But there's links on there. Once you do that or on that page, there's a link there, and that will show you exactly where to go. You click on that link, go, get all kinds of information. There are no contracts. You're not locked in. 
And once you get your money back, your free uh, month back, they, they never come back and take it back. This is the best coverage out there. Trust me. I've researched it all. Join today. Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean. Hey, here's an interesting fact. There were only two businesses not looted in the affected neighborhoods in Ferguson, Missouri, after Michael Brown uh, was arrested and then the proper, quite frankly, the proper acquittal of the police officer. You know, in the Baltimore protest, the looting thugs specifically targeted Asian businesses. But that's not racist, right? That's not racist. They, they specifically targeted Asian businesses. In the Baltimore protests. <laughs> Everybody's texting me. Uh, let's see here. They're wanting to know, people are wanting to know, all right, so what are the businesses? I'll tell you. I'm going to, what do you think? I'm just going to tell you there, there were only two businesses not looted. You know, you know the two that were not looted, right? I'm getting a bunch of messages. People are telling me, come on, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. The two businesses, the only two businesses in Ferguson, Missouri, during the riots that were not looted or touched, the only two stores in the areas of the Ferguson riots not looted were a gun shop and a tattoo parlor attached to the gun shop. Why, you ask? Because the gun shop owner and their committed 32 friends with guns were their own first responders. They stood in front of the building and were very clear to the thugs. Look, if you come one step closer, you will pay with your life. You know what they said? They said, my little saying, decide, resolve, and stand. Look, the, the, the police are, they were then and they are now, as, as is painfully obvious, no offense to them. They were and they are helplessly outnumbered. They're politically hamstrung. They're outflanked, not just in Ferguson, not just in Baltimore, not just in Philadelphia, not just in New York City, not just in Detroit, not just in Chicago. In every city and town in America, the bad guys with bad intent and the will to convert bad intent into bad actions, which, which could be the last days for you and your family. What's to stop them? They have no fear. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you. They're black leaders. You're Al Sharpton's, you're Jesse, all these others. They want this as their goal. No fear. No resistance. They don't want them to fear us, and they don't want us to resist. This is the thing. You remember in the Baltimore riots, I know it's a horrible memory and nobody likes to think about it, but in the Baltimore riots, armed police officers ran from rioters with rocks and bottles. Meanwhile, the homes and businesses are being burned after being robbed. Isn't this another form of gun control? I can almost hear you saying now, but Dr. Sean, property is never worth dying for. This is why we have insurance. No, it's not. Here's a little tidbit you might be interested in, speaking of insurance. Because of all the terrorism and riot and insurrection clauses in almost all insurance policies, none of the cars, 
You can look this up if you want. I encourage you to because you'll be mad. None of the cars, none of the businesses, none of the property ruined or stolen in any of these riots is going to be replaced by the insurance companies. Why? Because these events are specifically excluded from coverage as a covered peril. Look, you probably don't remember when you were signing your insurance policy for your home, your car, your business, that little terrorism exclusion that your your broker or your insurance agent kind of went, ah, yeah, we're going to have terrorism here. Yeah, that's right. And ah, you know what? That, that'll happen when GM goes belly up, right? You can count on that, right, GE? Solid as a rock. Bet on the government. <laughs> you don't need that. It's expensive anyway. Guess what? 94% of insureds blithely they, – they do this without even thinking. They blithely opt out of or waive this critical coverage, this terrorism coverage. Why? Because the broker, the insurance agent, they say, wow, it's really expensive, and it's so highly unlikely to happen. But what's the real reason? What's the real reason they, they, they kind of try to guide you, steer you away from that? Because the insurance company actuaries know this is a high-risk category for them to lose billions of dollars. They want you to assume the risk. They don't want to assume the risk. And you know what? You do it every day without realizing it. What I'm telling you is this. The people burnt or looted out of their businesses or their homes, they're out of luck. And no insurance company is coming with a check unless the government, the it that caused this problem in the first place, comes to your wallet and steals from you again in the form of FEMA or government checks, which you fund. Guess what? They aren't going to do that. Homeless, penniless, businessless, jobless, optionless. You want to know the even harsher irony? Those people that lost everything, they have to keep paying taxes on their burnout home, their burnout business, or it, the government, comes, finds you, and finds you. Then they take your property. What does this mean to you? Who in your mind is in charge of or responsible for, really, who is equipped to protect you and your property? Is it the police? Well, I have some thoughts on that. I touched on it a minute ago. Look, the police are not equipped either materially or philosophically to protect you and your family or your property. In fact, they ran away. They stood there and they watched people burn buildings. Folks, you saw it on television. You saw it on the TV. You saw them. They was burning. And those police officers was just standing there. Those TV cameras, they was just rolling. People was kicking in windows. And then when uh, Leland Vitter... <laughs> that guy's man, he's, he's, he's tough stuff, man. He asked the, uh, the lady who eventually uh, is the state attorney who's brought all these charges against the police officers, uh, her husband. He, he didn't know this at the time, but he's asking her husband, you know, what do you have to say about this? There are people kicking in. They're breaking in. They're setting fire to liquor stores. They're, they're stealing. Well, that's not the issue. That's not the important issue. Why don't you stop focusing on that? You know what? If your lights weren't here, they wouldn't do that. Really? What are they, Pavlov's dog? The light goes on, we start looting. 
look, I'll say it again. The police aren't equipped either materially or philosophically to protect you or your family or your property. The, the Supreme Court has already decided this. And they decide the police have no duty to protect or defend you. Bottom line. It's absolutely true. Look it up. Yeah, they have protect and serve, to protect and serve. That's a clever saying on the door of police cruisers, but it's no longer true. You. You are your own first responder. You are there first on the scene. You know the most about what happened, and you have the most to lose. Let me lay some truth on you, folks. You should be invested in your life. You should be invested in preserving your home. You should be invested more than anyone else in the protection and preservation of your family. More than anybody else, you should be invested in your livelihood. i got a simple question for you, audience, great audience that you are. Do you know why thugs loot and rob and steal in the first place? I'll tell you why. Because they've been allowed to loot and rob and assault and steal and murder. They were permitted to set fires and steal cars and steal other people's possessions. How should you prepare for when the inevitable riots come to your town? And I say inevitable because they're coming. People from all over, I mean all over the country, are realizing now, you know what? There's a bunch of us, and there aren't many of them. And you know what else? Good people don't leave their their homes with their guns, certainly not in Baltimore, you know, gun control. That's the problem, according to Barack Obama. He's an idiot. Come on, you know he is. But he's accomplishing what he's setting out to do. I guess maybe he's not an idiot. He's crazy like a fox. The biggest elements of your preparation has to be mental toughness, folks. I hate to say it. I say it a lot, but you've you've got to realize your mind has to be strong. Your constitution has to be strong. You have to be strong. You can't break down. But you know what else? You can't hide in the sand when the trouble comes. When you see the trouble come, you can't hide in the sand. You can't hide in the sand now. Here's something for you. In a survey with a broad cross-section of highly intelligent females, and these are really smart women, between 25 and 50, they're new to guns, they don't know that much about weapons, certainly not medieval weapons, They're new to issues relating to survival. Here, here's what were my favorite questions, self-defense question here. Are there specific concerns that I need to prepare for and think about because I'm a woman, oh, and I guess this, a woman alone? Maybe they're, they're out by themselves a lot. Yes, very much so, because you're not only the target of being robbed, you're also the target of being raped. There are specific concerns. One, um, the nature of society is to view you as a victim, an easier mark. And part of that can be conquered by standing taller, throwing your shoulders back, not sitting there on your cell phone with your ear, your earbuds in, walking to and from your car, from your YMCA, or I guess it's just the Y now. you got to, you got to have your eyes open in and out of that grocery. Don't be sitting there on the telephone 
Certainly, I, I recommend earbuds, but only one. Leave the other one out. And keep your music down. Uh, I would. I don't recommend listening to music while you're transferring. That's what we call that, transferring from one place to the other. That's your highest risk. Be full-on aware. Have 911 have an emergency uh, button on your phone. Almost every phone has, you can download an application. Uh, most of them are free, and it's a very prominent thing, and it's pre-programmed, dials 911 for you. There's some folks that I'm talking to that I really would love to support. They have a, a really unique program. I don't want to say their name yet because, for once, um, I you know, I do all this stuff for free. I promote, you know, I don't get paid by any of these. I do get, you know, if you sign up with Second Call Defense, which I recommend, uh, but if you do that and then you remember to put in my code, which is, I don't remember what my code is. I have some sort of code. There's a code. I think it's 20630 or something like that. You put that code in. If you click, you go to my website, theninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com, you go to that. And you just click on that button. That'll you don't even have to remember. And by the way, uh, one thing I should say, and I and I don't plug this enough, and it's pretty stupid of me not to, but I do specialized training for women, specifically for women, in not only self-defense but surviving dangerous situations. Where I come to your group, I don't do it for free. I'm not gonna lie, because this is my living. But I go and and I like dealing with women because I like empowering women. And women are great students. So all that to say this, uh, I I can come to your organization near or far, anywhere in the country, and uh, and I enjoy doing it. I have a special seminar that I do. I have everything from a a one-day, a six-hour seminar, all the way down to a one-hour speech. So I'd be happy to do it. Get a hold of us through the ninjapastor.com contact me page and our bookers and all that. We'll get a hold of you ASAP. But look, if you're a woman alone, you've got to be more aware. You've got to be hyper aware. I recommend, look, if the man in your life loves you, he's going to give you mace. Good pepper mace, not the cheap stuff. If the man in your life loves you, he's going to give you a flashlight. But i tell you what else, he's going to probably uh, train you on a gun. And he's going to he's going to get you qualified and, and certified to carry a, a concealed deadly weapon. He's going to make sure you have a decent knife, a cutting instrument. He's going to teach you how to use it. That all starts in the mind, folks. That all starts in your mind. Just having mace doesn't get it done. It's where yours your mind. I have a a lot of trademark sayings. Uh, don't shoot, uh, and it, it's some are designed to be funny, but help you remember, uh, as it relates to mace, don't spray and stay, shoot and scoot. Don't spray and stay, shoot and scoot. And we teach you all that stuff. We teach you how at these seminars. We teach you how to use it. And I don't sell the stuff. I don't. I don't. You know. I don't come with a bunch of boxes of that stuff. I come and I teach you. And and by the time you leave, you're going to feel ten feet tall, and you're going to be able to protect yourself and your family. But yes, women definitely have specific needs and specific things they need to prepare for. Because women are more often the target. We'll go in deeper on that a bit. 
All right, so another question is, what if there are rioters on my street? If I'm not yet in or at my house, what do I do? Am I suggesting a safe house? Am I suggesting an emergency pack that you keep in your car? If yes, what should be in it? What if I can't afford a safe house? What does that even mean, a safe house? What if I have no friends or relatives that I can go to? How do I educate myself about such concepts? Here's the thing. I can do that. I can come to your organization, your community, and I can teach you those things. But I'll just tell you now, yes, you need an emergency pack. I suggest an emergency plan. First of all, folks, if you're not to your house and the rioters on your street, you're not paying attention. So I aggressively suggest, I, I strenuously recommend that you get a, uh, a survival pack. A lot of times they can come in a backpack. I don't want to say these people's names because um, we don't have a marketing agreement or anything like that. And But you do research and you can see they have two weeks supply of food. They have some medical gear in there. They are, uh, they'll get you through. If you're in a jam, they'll get you through. I recommend a product. Uh, it's it's a common name is Quick Clot. It's a powder. You shake it. You open up the, the uh, packet and you shake it on your cut or your wound, and it helps stop, if not slow, the bleeding, at least until you can get medical care. I recommend basic medical stuff and learn how to use it. I recommend in that same backpack a water purification thing, a little straw called a life straw. Listen, those of you who've never been totally dehydrated, you don't know. Water is critical. You can live for three days without food. You can't make a day without water. Safe house. Use a term in this. I don't think this lady understands how it works with one question. You get one question, and but see what she did was she didn't she didn't put spaces. So she asked. Although you know what, she's a survivor because she fit in about nine hundred questions in the one little block. <laughs> am I suggesting a safe house? In a way, I am. In a way, I think that's out of reach for most people. Most people don't have the kind of uh, folding money. Not to jangling money, to folding money, because it takes a lot of folding money to have a safe house. It's just you can make your house safer, but having a safe house, I think, is out of reach of most people. Although we do consulting on that, and there are plenty of people out there that uh, we do consulting on designing either a safe house or a safe room in the house, and we can help you with all that. The emergency pack, we can help you with all that too. We can give you information on that, tell you what should be in it. Two weeks worth of food. Food that'll last. A knife, a good solid knife, an excellent flashlight, extra batteries, medical care. If you take a medicine that you need to live, there should be a supply of at least two weeks in that pack. Packed in such a way that's totally protected, totally secure. That's the thing. That's the thing. Think about what you will need. And women, your girl gear, that gear that you only women use, pack plenty of that in there, and enough for at least two weeks. If you're allergic to things, 
and you go into anaphylactic shock, guess what? You need to have an EpiPen. Get a prescription for an EpiPen and put it in there. Think it through. Stuff you need. How about rioters once they're in your ha- once you're in your house? Oh, here you go. They followed up with a question. Safe room. Do I create a safe room? If yes, what should be in it? Supplies for how long? Weapons? What if I don't have a gun? What if I have no self-defense training? What about my kids? Yeah, see this this person, she really gets a lot of questions in a little little bitty space. But I like that. She's the one that's going to survive. The rule followers aren't going to survive. When they say shelter in place, you end up getting murdered. Because law enforcement sets up perimeters. They're not coming to get you. Most situations like this, these riot situations, end up with the, um, with the criminal shooting themselves after killing a bunch of people. But if you're there and you have a weapon that you're trained on, Far fewer people die, if any. So your supplies, like I said, you should, uh, if you have a safe room in your house, that could be your basement, folks. It could be a totally interior closet. You want to have access to the outside world, so you're going to want to have an Internet connection. You're going to want to have a uh, connection to the television. One of those crank-up radios. If you're comfortable and trained on weapons, have weapons in there. Have extra ammo. Be prepared. I say have a full-face gas mask. You say that sounds over the top. That sounds too much. Really? Really? So if there's smoke in your house because they've set your house on fire and you have to get out of your safe room, how are you going to breathe? Have a mask. It's not that much money, folks. How much is your life worth? You know what? You can use hairspray. Not to be a seafish or... (laughs) I'm facetious. No, I'm a seafish. Hairspray, for you fellows that use hairspray. I mean, you ladies that use hairspray. Hairspray is extremely flammable for the most part. And if you have a little lighter, you hold that lighter up in front of that spray, and you press the on button of that spray... And you face it toward a bad guy, to their face, guess what's going to happen? You'll have a little mini flamethrower up in here, up in here. So you joke around, you talk about, well, I, I have to have my hairspray and my lip gloss. Newsflash, your hairspray can be used as a weapon. That's the other thing. You have to think in terms of what can be used to extend my life or to end another person's life. Because they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. If you have no self, if you don't have a gun, if you don't have any self-defense training, there's time. Not much time, but there's time. Get you some training. There's lots of places in most states that do excellent training. Go get you some. It's empowering, folks. I love teaching women about guns and self-defense and weapons, how to survive a deadly encounter. I love doing it because you know what? They come in, they're like, I don't know, I'm afraid, I don't know. And before long, they're like, let somebody come on in. 
Let him come try to take me now. Come on. They look forward. I used to do a seminar called Looking Forward to Being Attacked. I had to change the name. It was too incendiary. They say, Looking Forward to Being Attacked. Because when you came in, you were scared to death of being attacked. And by the time I was finished with you, you were like, mm-hmm, come on ahead. Come on ahead now. The difference between being empowered. You know what a gun is? It's an equalizer. A little five-foot-tall, skinny, pretty lady can use a gun and equalize the circumstances between them and a 255-pound person. Oh, you need some training. And what about your kids? The next question, what about your kids? You know what? You train your children. And if they're, you know, you know, we'll, we'll pick an age, 14, and they poo-poo everything. Well, that's dumb. That's stupid. That's so uncool. Newsflash for you. Dying is uncool. Getting raped and tortured before they kill you, uncool. Have a plan. Think it through. Train your kids. Get your kids trained. Might be something you can do with your kids. How about that? Some family time. Put down the social media. Put down the little iPhone or the, the what do you call? You know any of that other stuff? Put all that stuff down. Separate. Get yourself plugged in to surviving. Being prepared. Being empowered. Being equipped. If I do choose to prepare, and this is a good question, if I do choose to begin to prepare in a more long-term way, what are your suggestions for doing so step by step? Do I move? If yes, where and what sort of neighborhood or house do I look for? What is important to think about in terms of my safety? If I can't move, are there anything that I, that can provide protection, i.e., what kind of insurance is realistically helpful, what kind of home security things are effective? Obviously, something connected to the police department is going to be useless. I have mixed emotions about that. Let's start at the start. Again, this person really knows how to ask a lot of questions in a very small, small space, and that person is going to be the one that survives. Because they're not just going, I don't know. I guess I'll just, I don't know. I'll just figure it out when it happens. Those people don't survive. Do you move? Look, let me tell you this. If you live in an uh, urban area, I'm just going to tell you this. Cities are target-rich environments for terrorists. And if you don't think these rolling mobs are terrorists, newsflash, they are. And oh, by the way, ISIS is coming, and they like cities too. These people can blend in easily in a city, way easy. They, they can't blend in so well in a, a small town or uh, a, a rural area, but they can in a city. Let me tell you what, hazardous materials, things that can be used to blow up, you know, they put these derailments that happen, these de- trains carrying highly explosive, highly poisonous things, they go through cities. Trucking Centers, they go through cities. Chemical plants, refineries, always in or near cities. You know what else is in cities? Gangs. You know what else is in cities, big cities? Airports, international airports. That's how they spread disease. Highly populated areas, guess guess where they use bacterial and viral, viral infections? Then they release those in highly populated areas. People, you know, people don't know how to get food nowadays if it doesn't come from a store. How do I feed myself? And you know that a, a typical U.S. city has a nine-meal, three-day food supply. 
Three days. It used to be six days, but now it's three. You ever, I don't know where you guys live, but where I live, you know, oh, it's going to be a snowstorm. So what goes first? All the bread, all the milk, and all the eggs. David Morris writes a good book, Urban Survival Guide. Some of these tips are available in that book. It's kind of rudimentary, but it's it's still good. What else is in cities? Oddly enough, prisons. There's a high density of prisons. There's criminals on probation. There's criminals on bail. There's former criminals. There's criminals released on ankle monitors. And let me tell you what, the entitlement mentality. You saw it in Baltimore. You've seen it in New York. You've seen it in all those other cities. You know, the you owe me mentality, that's prevalent. And it's more accepted. The entitlement mentality, more accepted in cities. And you know, I tell you what else about cities. The police officers there, they're overworked, they're underpaid, they're undertrained, they're understaffed, and they are not appreciated. You know, urban dwellers, people that live in these close in places, they depend on a lot of other people to take care of them. I just talked about women crossing uh, parking lots with their cell phone, and they're, you know, they're on the phone, and they're talking to somebody because they feel that connection. My daughter, a lot of times, will go from class to class with her phone, and I always say, honey, have your earbud in. Just talk with that. Have your hands free. Listen, if, if they think you're on the phone, the criminals are not going to stop attacking because that's just a fact. But if you have contact... You know, and you're on the phone, tell the people, this is where I am. This is where I'm headed right now. So if the connection is lost, you know. There's a thing on iPhone called Find a Friend. Find my friend and find my iPhone. Get logged in with that. That's some good stuff. You can tell the people, tell the police where you are. And here's another thing all the time know where you are. Know where you are. At all times. Don't don't let me ask you, hey, where are you right now? I don't know. I'm passing cornfields. No man's land. No, that's not going to work for me. Not going to work for me. you got to know where you are. you got to know where you are. So do I move? You know what? If you live in one of those places and you're able to move, yes. Cities are not safe places. So you look for a close-knit community. You look for a house that is uh, has sturdy front and rear doors. You don't look for you don't look for hidden entrances. You don't look for obscure entrances. It's funny. My daughter is headed to the University of Georgia a Veterinary Medical School, and she was looking at this one house, and it had kind of a covered or a hidden entryway on the side. And she said, "Oh, Daddy's not going. He's not going to like that one." And I like that. I like that. The girl is thinking ahead. She just graduated from college. Cum laude or magna cum laude. Just graduated from college, got all kinds of awards, sang the national anthem and the alma mater. We didn't even know it. Faked us right out. She was awesome. So if you can move to a, a small, if you say, look, I'm a, I'm a community person. I don't want to live out in the country because I get scared. Safest place in the world to live. But okay, if your perception is, is I feel afraid. Then you know what you do? You move to a good, close-knit community. You contact the police department, you get the crime statistics. You can go online and download crime statistics. 
on everywhere. You see what's what, and you look for a safe one. If you have to live where you live, let me give you a tidbit of information. You can make your home safer. There are lots of things that you can do. And I'm going to tell you, you know, if, if you're a gun person and you feel like your mind is strong enough for a gun, your constitution is strong enough for a gun, here's what I would suggest you do. Get that second call defense today. Get it today. I think on the, uh, I think we have a link. I know we have a link on the ninjapastor.com, drshawngreener.com, and I know on the Facebook page, if you're a, uh, if you follow me on Facebook, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, go to that. I'm telling you, I think it's 20630 is my number. You get a free month. Folks, you need that insurance. That's that's for real insurance. That's insurance that when the poo hits the circular wind device, that's what you need to have. And I don't mean if you necessarily just carry a gun. If you own a gun, I won't be without it. I'm telling you right now, I will not be without it. You want lights around your house. You want lights on all the corners. You want them to come on under motion or you want to be able to turn them on yourself. But motion lights are good because that catches people's attention. And you want nice, look, I, you know, I want to save the planet. I love the planet. You know I do. You know I do. Love the planet. But these LED lights, come on now. Come on now. You know they don't provide no light. You know they don't. That's nice they got a little switch and a little bitty glow, but I'm not trying to look pretty. No, no, I'm pretty enough already, you know, long hair and all. No, man, come on. You want lights that work. You want lights that work. All right, LED's going to save the planet. Well, you know what it isn't going to do? It isn't going to save you because it's not going to be enough light to get anybody's attention because, yes, you want the things to come on when somebody comes in the perimeter. You want to set them up. Where the people come in the perimeter of your yard, boo, light goes on very bright. Burn that electricity, baby. Burn it. Light them up. Lights are awesome. Don't have obscure areas and covered protected areas where you, you can't be seen, where people can hide behind. I'm a big fan of putting prickly old bushes. Prickly old bushes uh, in a... Uh, you put them underneath your windows. You make it really hard for somebody to climb through your window. Now you say, what if I have to get out of my house in a fire? Climbing inside a window is a lot harder than jumping out of a window. Make it so that you can jump out, but they can't climb in. My buddy Philly Bob, this is an old trick we used to do all the time. I love it. I love it. Dip cotton balls in petroleum jelly and put them in old pill bottles. You can use those to start fires. If you need to start a fire, that's an excellent. We used to do that. Well, we used to do other stuff with those, but but it can be used for that. Alarm. I get asked about this all the time. Look, I'm a woman alone. You know, I don't have a lot of money. What about these alarms? I'll just tell you. I I'll just tell you my experience. I have an alarm at my house. It's not cheap. Uh it does go to a central station which they do call the police. 
Uh, my central station is super fast. I mean, I'm telling you, I get a number wrong on that, and that thing starts to boo. I'm telling you right now, that phone is a ringing. And if we don't have the code and we don't do the right thing, Popo is on the way. Now, how fast they'll get there? I don't know. I do have a panic button. I have those key fobs. I like those key fobs. But you know what you want to do? You want to be careful with those, having those so obviously out and about. We always put those on our keychain, right? That's what we do. But here's a newsflash for you. If that's on your keychain and you don't pay close attention to where your keys are, someone can remove that from your keychain and you might not even notice. You say, well, what big? that's no big deal. They're on my keys. Newsflash, they're not worried about your keys. Anybody can get in to your home. They don't want an alarm going off. So they can drive up to your house. They can press that button, turn the alarm off if, they're, if they want to come in and rape you and kill you. While you're home at night sleeping, they can turn your alarm off. You don't even know it. Be aware. Treat that as though that is an invitation into your home. I like them. They have panic buttons. You have a panic button on your car. Same thing. When you the, Most of these key fobs, these new key fobs that they have, they have these buttons on them called a panic button. Learn where that is. Have your finger ready to go. Have your other hand on your pepper mace. If you carry a gun, you know, have your gun accessible. Do not carry woman. If you're going to carry your gun in a pocketbook, you better go get you go better go spend you some money and get you a quality pocketbook that's designed to carry a gun. They have them. They're they're phenomenal. And they have some that are very attractive looking too, I'm told. I you know, I like them, but I'm a dude, so I don't care I don't use a pocketbook anymore. Although, uh, Miss Jenner, whatever, Claire, is that her name now? Clarice Jenner? Uh, no longer Bruce Jenner. Um, I hear he's in the market for some pocketbooks. So anyway, have a pocketbook that's designed to carry a gun. Get you some training and practice with it. Don't practice with it loaded. Practice with it empty. Always, always, always practice with, if you have a gun, no matter how long you've been carrying a gun, practice with it. I'm telling you right now, in an urgent situation, you're not going to move as swiftly as you think you are. Practice with it. Have access to it. Be aware of your surroundings. Have you a flashlight, a serious, bright flashlight. I have an alarm. It is connected to central station monitoring. I do pay for that. It's not cheap. But there is some value to it. You say, well, you told me the police weren't coming. Sometimes some criminals, some wannabes, they hear that alarm. And, I, you know, where I live, there's neighbors right around me. The neighbors are nosy. They hear your alarm going off, newsflash. They're like, mm-hmm, let's see what's going on. They look out the window. They see something weird going on in the old cul-de-sac. Ring, 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 ring. Yeah, Popo, uh, you better come. They somebody messing around my neighbor's house. I know I'm fixing to hear some gunshots, and it ain't going to be the bad guys. Y'all better get here. So I wouldn't say being connected to Central Station. Uh, a lot of people think that it's your alarm is connected to the police department, and it's not. It's connected to a Central Station, Central Monitoring. The one we have is phenomenal. I'm not going to say what it is because they, you know, they don't pay me, and I do so much stuff for free. I, at some point or another, I got to draw the line. If they're in business and they're a for-profit, then I got to draw the line. 
but I like mine, and they're fast, and they're professional. Some not so much. Here's another question. I'm going to get through this one, and i got a couple more things to say, and then uh, next week we're going to go in deeper on some specific things. Um, how about my children? They get off the school bus at 3.30, and I'm not home until 5.30. How should I prepare them? What plans should we make in case something happens while they're in school? Additionally, are there any personal defense or protection ideas that you can give for children individually? And this person writes in, the possibility of a Muslim attack on a school specifically comes to mind. Well, you know what? You're telling me that you're thinking ahead, and I like that. You know who's going to survive? You will. Your kids will, because you're thinking ahead. So they get off the school bus. There's, there's a term that was really popular a long time ago, or maybe not that long ago. It's called latchkey kid. Well, I must be a latchkey kid because when I was a kid, even when I was little, you got home from school, your parents worked. And you better not mess around. But you knew how to do stuff in the house. Even at 10, 11 years old, I knew how to do stuff in my house. I knew how to make myself a snack and clean up, get to work on my homework or play. So you get off the school bus at 3.30, you don't get home till 5.30, or the child gets off the school bus, at, then you have some teaching to do. You have some teaching. You have some preparations to make. So one of the things you want to do is you want to have fire extinguishers in your home. I recommend two fire extinguishers for every car, and I recommend fire extinguisher by the back door, fire extinguisher by the front door, fire extinguisher in your kitchen, not underneath your stove, but somewhere where you can reach it and put a stove fire out. I also recommend a fire extinguisher in every bedroom, every exit, in your kitchen, every bedroom. They're not expensive, folks. They're really not. There's ones that are little portable mini ones that, you know, once they expire, you throw them out. You don't, there's, you know, they're not like the big ones, but I recommend at least two of those really big ones in your house. I do. Your fire kills, folks. You want to teach your children how to use that. You know, don't have them cooking until they're older. You know, don't have them cooking. Kids today, you know, that's trouble. Maybe make something for them, put it in the refrigerator. I'm not a microwave guy. I don't use microwaves. But, uh, you know, if you're a microwave person, then just put it in the, put the little, uh, little dewy in there and press the number of buttons and whatever and, your food pops out radiated and and warm, I guess. Better safe than sorry. You instruct them very clearly. Hey, you know what? Don't open the door for anybody. Don't go to the door. Go upstairs if you have a two-story home. A great way to check the door is tell them, keep all the doors locked. There's something I really like called door bars. They go up underneath. They're $20, $25 a piece. We have one for every exit, every entry point of our home, every single one, including our garage. The man door to our garage, boom, there's there's a door bar. You say, well, I know I could get in one of those. Well, y- you can, but it's going to take you a while, and you're going to make a lot of noise. You're going to make a whole lot of noise, y'all. You tell them those door bars go up as soon as you get home. You lock the doors as soon as you get in the door. You look around when you're coming up to the house. You make sure nothing's out of place. 
You have a place for them to go if something's not right. If something's not right, you trust, tell them, trust your instincts. Train instinct into them. Trust your instinct. They're not to leave. Don't leave this house. Don't let me. And you know, a lot of alarm companies, guess what they have? And you don't even need an alarm company for this nowadays. You can have a laptop running, and they have wireless cameras that you can look. You have, I think it's four or five of them looking at them. You can also check in with them via video if you have FaceTime. Guess what? You can do that. You can use that. There's lots of technology to help you with your kids. Lots. You teach them the basics of fire safety. You teach them how to put out a fire. You say, I don't know how to put out a fire. Give me a call. Get a bunch of people together. I'll teach you. I like a, if you're not a gun person or they're they're too young for guns, and there's something I really like, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to be surprised. But I like bear spray. There's lots of places on the Internet you can get them. You can get them at the big box outdoor adventure stores. Bear spray. Folks, it'll, if it'll fend off a bear, guess what else it'll fend off? It'll it'll fend off uh, robbers and rapists and those that would seek to destroy the evil among us. Because trust me, they're out there. And they're waiting for the easy mark. Bear spray. Very easy to use. Bear spray. Keep it by every door. And I'm telling you, it can spray 30 to 40 feet. It's powerful stuff. Don't spray and stay, shoot and scoot. You spray them if they kick in the door or whatever they do. No matter what story they tell you, no, your mom sent me. Your mom sent me and she said, well, she's supposed to contact me and she didn't. You know what you do? Instead of saying that, you get on the phone with your family. Parents, let me tell you something. You may have an important job. There's something I've told my kids. If my kids call right now while I'm on the phone, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to answer that call or while I'm on the radio show. Because I want to make sure that there is nothing wrong. And can it wait until, you know, I'm off the radio? I've been giving important speeches, and there are, you know, almost 3,000 people in the audience. And these folks have paid a lot of money to have me come speak. And my phone rings, and I see it pop up, and it's my kids. And half the time, they don't even know it. Kids don't even know it. I say, excuse me, folks. It's my child. Andrea Shaking has a great uh, tip that I've used lots of times. I find the bottles are a little too big uh, to stick in a pocketbook or in a pocket, but right by your doors, directed uh, hornet and wasp spray, very good. Very powerful. Don't nobody wants to get sprayed with that. Don't nobody wants to get sprayed with that. The bear spray I really like because it's designed to knock down a bear. And I figure it this way. If a bear back down and run away, the bad guy will too. But that's an excellent solution. Excellent solution. Excellent, excellent solution. I love that. But you need to prepare your kids. You need to prepare them not to freak out. You remember I talked about at the start of all this, I talked about the importance of the internal dialogue. It's an importance of your inner strength. I, I preached about this last night. Your inner strength. You, uh, 
if you want to listen to my sermons, by the way, they're on this blog talk radio back, dot com backslash the ninja pastor. There's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them also on the ninja dot com. You can access them via link through Facebook dot com backslash God and Country Radio, Twitter, all that stuff. You can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at the ninja pastor dot com or the ninja at the ninja pastor. I think that's how you say it. But you want to train up your children. You know, the Bible says train up your children the way that they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. It's all truth, actually. When you want to, well, I don't want to worry my children. I don't want to freak them out. Really? Well, I don't want to talk to my child, my daughter, about rape because, you know, I don't want her to walk around scared all the time. Then equip them. Then empower them. You don't want them to be afraid. You don't want to be, are you kidding me? Train them to survive. Train them to to handle the rough stuff. I'll tell you what else. I'm not a fan of your kids coming home and getting on social media right away. Certainly monitor all of the internet traffic. So it's an invasion of privacy. I don't I want my child to have privacy. I want them to know that they can say what they need to say without fear of me, you know, horning in on them. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The whole lot of trouble can come off of the Internet. You better know what your kids are looking at. You better know who's talking to your kids. Have all your children's passwords, every one. Take their phone periodically, look it, look it up. Make sure everything's the way that it's supposed to be. There's also keystroke emulators that will, you can go online. There's applications you can download. They're not free, but the free ones don't work. They're just malware. Uh, you get you one of those, and then you can look. No, well, I don't feel right about that. Well, then you're weird. Then you have your head in the sand. Then you're one of those people that says, oh, no, nothing will ever happen like that to me, not to my kids. Oh, you're a worry. You're a tinfoil hat wearer. It's it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not needless fear if it happens. If it's real and it happens, newsflash, then you aren't being unreasonable, are you? So train your kids. Train them. Don't make it a game. But don't be don't be crazy, you know. Don't be crazy. Don't you know? Tell them. Look, this is serious business. Maybe enroll in training with them. I talked about that. Enroll in some training with them. Well, I don't want to teach my kids. I don't want my kids knowing about guns. Newsflash: They know about guns. <laughs> you kidding me? Come on, y'all. You absolutely cannot. Put your head in the sand. When it comes, same way with, look, I'm not going to tell you how to teach your children about sex and all that stuff, but you can't put your head in the sand about that, and you certainly can't put your head in the sand about weapons and the Internet and things that can happen to them. You just can't for the safety of your kids. All right, so what plans should you make in case something happens while they're at school? I'm going to say this, and it's not going to make me friends. Of course, my book hasn't made me any friends in the public school um, arena. And and frankly, most parochial schools aren't much better. 
in dealing with the reality of life and the dangers of life. But I'm here to tell you, I'm, I'm just going to say to you, you had better make plans in the event a catastrophic event occurs while your child is at school. Now, I'm going to tell you this, and you can tell them I told you. Kids are not allowed to have guns. They shouldn't have guns at school. Kids are not allowed to have their cell phones. They're not allowed to be on their cell phones when they're in class and different things. That's just the rule. And you know what? Some rules you got to have. But here's another thing. There's, there's the school rule and there's the Sean rule. And the Sean rule says if my child's there, there's going to be on their backpack or stuffed in their pocket a phone, worst-case scenario phone, that they have my number programmed in, the police number's programmed in, and they can call those numbers quickly and easily and in many cases undetected. Something goes down. If something happens somewhere other than at school, you need to have a way to get word to them. Don't get on the school bus. Because, you know, schools, for some reason, uh, well, I know the reason, you know the reason, are, are liberal playgrounds. And in their mind, oh, no, we don't want to scare the children. They're all for giving them condoms when they're in the fifth grade, but they, they don't want to teach the children, look, you know, if this happens, some bad event happens, this is what you do. You have to make plans in the event something happens while they're at school. There's some disruption. You know, when 9-11 happened, all the cell phones went down. You know why? Because everybody was on their cell phone. But you know what did work? Text messaging. People could still text message. Text messages could still get through because it goes on a different band. And a lot of times the text messages go through. Teach them. You know, be clear in your text messages. Have a game plan. You know, if the school comes under attack, they, they tell you always to hide and hunker down, shelter in place. You know what happens? Unless there's a good person there with a gun, the bad person with a gun eventually finds their way to your child and they kill them. You know, this 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 uh, this mom put on her survey uh, question, the possibility of a Muslim attack on a school specifically comes to mind. Now, some people might say, well, she's a racist. Really? Because that's what they told us they're going to do, especially Christian schools. Especially Christian schools. That's reality, folks. And if you're living outside of reality, I can't help you. Bad stuff and even worse stuff is coming. Have a plan for your children. You know, there's lots of things from a personal defense or personal protection. You know, they don't want kids with mace in schools. They don't want kids with any way to defend themselves. They say, you know, we're, we'll take care of them. Really? Stop or I'll yell stop louder? Because that's what they're talking about. That's reality. Listen, we're out of time. Two hours flies by so fast. 
And the fact remains, there's lots more information. I've got two more parts of the series, maybe even three. I might even uh, I might do one on natural disasters. But um, I appreciate you listening. We so appreciate our great caller, Andrea Shea King, the great Andrea Shea King, great, great patriot lady. But I'm here to tell you, I hope that you download. I know the people that had problems getting in. I'm going to encourage them to download this show and the coming shows. This is all good stuff. It's all stuff anybody can do. But you have to be willing. You have to have the right mindset. You have to be in it to win it. Join us next week. Go back and listen to the old shows. Listen to their Sunday shows. I think you'll find a benefit to it. God bless you. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the ninja pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www. DrSeanGreener.com In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.